welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. So this week, um, Russia invaded Ukraine. And I was curious about it. It doesn't feel like it impacts me a lot. I don't know anyone there. Um, but I always like to see the spiritual metaphors and everything. Do y'all do that yet? Yes. That was a week. Yes. <laughs> I like to see the spiritual metaphor in everything. Did I mention I found this card in my pocket today? Yes. I like to try to find the spiritual metaphor, right? Yes. Are you doing it? Yes. Afraid I'm going to call on you now, aren't you? <laughs> and so I was thinking about it, and I don't watch the news at all. And occasionally I will... And part of my message today is to will explain to you why I don't watch the news. Some of you are, are meant to watch the news. Yeah. I know I just That's messed good. you up right there, but I hope I mess you up all day. Okay. Um, and so I saw a snippet, and I can't even tell you where because, you know, it's usually in the middle of the night when I see stuff like this. And it was that Vladimir Putin said that he needed... The Russian people needed to invade Ukraine because they didn't feel safe. And so then, you know, instead of laughing hysterically at that, I don't know if you know this, but Ukraine is about the size of Texas and Russia's not. Right. You know, you can see Russia from Alaska, but that's just what Sarah Palin got made fun of saying. But it's true, and that has nothing to do with what I'm saying now. I just wanted to tell you how big Russia was because it's big. Right. It's bigger than Ukraine. And so I believe, you know, and I'm praying, obviously, for um, some people in leadership who could impact that thing that's happening, because I'm not that leader. But I'm praying that some people who have power and might would bring justice. You know, we may not. You know, God can make any, he can make, a, he can make a donkey speak to a man, so I figure he can make men do anything. That's what I'm praying for. But I begin to think about spiritual warfare, and, and I didn't think it was a quinkadink that they invaded Russia this week that he wanted me to talk about spiritual warfare. And so I have done every kind of spiritual warfare. I've, I've stomped and screamed and hollered and sweated and, and I've laid quiet and still and I've gone out in the middle of the night. I've marched around stuff. Anybody that's been in any sort of charismatic movement, we've done all kinds of activities um, what, what's the goal? The goal is that we can feel pushback. We can feel, you know, I mean, it's just like everything else in the Spirit. He wants us to live life thinking with the Spirit. Like, it's relational. Everything, including spiritual warfare, isn't a model you follow. 
It's about a relationship to what? I propose it's, it's, a re, it's about bringing safety. Well, let's just think about it. All injury came from unsafety, correct? I mean, we can uh, easily agree with that. Have you been injured? Yes. Yeah. It, did, did it make you feel safe? No. You felt, I mean, have you ever been in relationships with someone? Sorry, I'm just going to pick on y'all so much today. Come on, let me pick on you. Come on, get your foot. Have you ever been in a relationship with somebody and they don't get you? Yeah. Have you ever been in that relationship? And men, isn't there everything in you? You want to just explain yourself. You want to tell stories about yourself. You want to tell, you know, when you get into religion, then you want to tell your heart on things, you know, right? You know, yeah, you just, it's just, it, because what's the goal? Yeah, you just want to be known. You just want to feel safe. You want, because you don't really want to give your heart away with somebody that doesn't know you, so you're checking. I propose that we do spiritual warfare the same way, but that might be a leap for some of y'all. So just keep walking with me. Well, we're going to be okay. Don't panic. So Mendel, she's been giving up her sleep for words. And she's loving it. I want you to know she's loving it. She doesn't even like sleep. That's not even important to her as a phlegmatic or anything. And so when I, we have a little morning call usually on Sunday morning or something. And she, she usually says to me, I didn't wake up feeling good. And I'm like, well, let's, let's just ask the Holy Spirit, which sometimes she will participate with that. And other times she's not. And, and so we'll ask the Holy Spirit. So this is how I rolled out this morning. Cause it's, I just love to watch people's evolutions into their giftings, you know, and, and let me just pause right now. All of y'all right now, you're in a process of your gifting becoming more refined. So don't panic. He's doing stuff. I know it don't feel good to you. That's a cool coffee mug. I know it doesn't feel good to you, but he's doing stuff in you right now. All that stuff that doesn't feel good to you that you wish would go away, that's the refining. Refining is heat and rubbing. Hooning. I personally do some things that are really hard sometimes just to keep myself in check with how it feels to be hooned. You wimps. Okay. So. So Cece's been crying out to, um, you know, be more stable in how God speaks to her because he uses her feelings. And so anybody else that, you know, the difference to me in a feeler and just somebody that has a lot of feels is the same one. No, I'm, is, um, sorry, is, just kidding. I, is that God actually speaks a message and then that message is attached to a feeling that he's having. Yeah. That's different than when, you know, you just walk around feeling rejected and hurt and all that all the time. So, you know, one of the primary things I'm going to talk about today is about how your spiritual warfare is connected to your identity. But we're not there yet, so pause. So she had this feeling and so when I was talking to her this morning 
Um, I probably got sidetracked and started talking about the weather or something. I can't remember, but just bam, right all of a sudden she said, I got to go, I got a word. I said, bye. So that was the end of that. That was, see, I'm, I'm just that person that just kind of breathes on that thing that's happening. And once it comes and she doesn't need me anymore, which is fine. And, um, it's not personal. And she just off goes and writes this word. So here's what she wrote. Okay. So she said, the Lord told her to look up what the meaning of Ukraine was. Again, we're trying to see spiritual metaphors. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Uh, spiritual metaphors and everything. And, I, you know, I'm just the messenger. Mm -hmm. And this is what it means, borderlands. And this is, what, this is what she wrote. This is a season of border battles. He who has an ear. Do you have an ear? Just put your hands on your ear for a minute. Just say, Holy Spirit, help me hear what you're saying right now and not get my mind stuck on Ukraine or something. This is a season of border battles. Those in the spirit realm are of greater influence than those in the natural. This is why we want to learn to spot the fight a supernatural war, okay? All right? I said this was a clarifying season. So will you know the border? Will you know the borderlands that need the light of truth shined on them? And she didn't even know what song we were going to sing today. She was there. Obviously, we wrote that song yesterday, but I hadn't told them we were for sure singing it today. So this is a cool word because yes. of what they just sang. Right. Yeah. Remember, it's prophetic. Yes. There are territories in the spirit that have not been fought for, where compromise has been allowed and settled for. I'm calling attention to those borderlands. I'm calling attention to my heart on these territories that have become compromised with complacency. Do you know where you stand in these borderlands? Do you know which fight, excuse me, is yours and which fight is mine? Yeah. Which fight I'm calling you to war by my side? Border battles represent time, a time of advancing. There is movement and momentum for shifting territories. Don't be alarmed by the enemy attempting to advance his cause during this momentum it does not represent his advancement wow. yeah. but rather his reaction to my own know the season know the reason know your position and be found steadfast in it so i think after today that will even be more clear but i think it's such a strategic time um, because of what we've chosen to embark on with the Holy Spirit about this year of crea creativity. I stumbled onto a lady yesterday, said, well, I have a little slide number four, and this is what it says, and her name is Jill Wyckoff, and she says, we are a part of God's massive army of creatives called to the front lines to create works and innovate ideas that advance His kingdom. Agreed? Yes. So my, you know, I had a talk with the artist this week and I was saying, listen, we want, I think Tessa even said it probably better than me. I'll just say Tessa said it. We want to do art that when people see it, they encounter him. Yes. That's the point of doing anything, in my opinion. Yes. Right? I mean, when I go remodel a house, I want people to encounter His presence by me and the people and my representatives that I send. Yes. 
That's what I want them to do. We're learning to bring an encounter to people through various means. Yeah. Agreed? Yeah. And so I went on this really cool journey with him yesterday about I really had to just work through my own personal past spiritual warfare learning. Yeah. You know, about whether we can command angels, whether we can do all this stuff, you know. And, you know, I know what I believe but let me just say this, that there's a lot of flexibility in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, I grew up feeling like everything could be heresy, and I found out that we just got into complacency, really. We just got into, we were so scared of one thing, we did nothing. So then, since we're human, all we had time to do was sit around and judge everybody and talk about the carpet color because we weren't doing anything else. So your week should not be made up of you getting more healing for you. Your week should be made of, up of advancing the kingdom. Yeah. And while you're advancing the kingdom, you'll do stupid stuff, and then you'll get some healing. Yeah. 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 That's my refining 101 right there. Let's do some stuff so I can fix something so we can learn from it and move on. Now, if you get offended okay. at the refining... Then you get stuck, and you're stuck, and some of you are stuck there. Wow. Wow. Because, listen, if it's not anything, it's advancing. Yeah. I mean, just the sheer magnitude of we just don't even sing like we used to sing. It's everything's advancing. So wouldn't, wouldn't spiritual warfare advance? I mean, I think there's new stuff going on in the world now that wasn't going on when I was a kid. I remember when we first learned to soak. I mean, that was probably, it was before, right before I met Pam. So it was probably, that was 92. So probably for me in the late 80s, what was that guy? Terry McCowman came into my world. And man, we had been screaming and hollering and dancing and whooping and sweating. I had to make sure I wore the right clothes to sweat in on Sunday because I was going to sweat because we danced around that thing. And then Terry came and we all got to sit down. <laughs> we could even lay down. <laughs> People would find stuff to put around that you would lay on during during this soaking time like and then then we had to have the message on it's okay to sleep while you're soaking because all the clerics went and they were so tired they just slept immediately <laughs> when terry strummed that first note <laughs> right Mendel knows how i can just sleep in a second we we'll like let's watch a show no i can't watch no shows i'm sleeping <laughs> So that was a form of spiritual warfare, we thought, because we're so tired of yelling and hollering, commanding everything, distributing everything. And so in my journey, you know, I stumbled on to Bill Johnson, and he taught me a new way to live, basically. And I remember the first time I read something from him. It was, I think it was probably 2000, two, around 2000. And I thought, that's not even possible. 
Like I've got to strive and work to keep this faith going. I, I can't be confident. I can't live like I never sinned. And then I was introduced to Graham Cook and I thought, now that's just craziness right there. That kind of living just where you just talk to him. I mean, that's just too, that's just too edgy. So I wrote this slide, number five. Is it a question of permission or ability? And see, you're going to have to answer that question. Because if you don't think you have permission, you won't have the ability. It won't matter how many ways you read a scripture. Let's just read some for fun. You want to? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 10. I could read y'all 4,000 scriptures today. I just had to break it down to about five. So, okay. You good? Okay, 2 Corinthians 10, are we there? Did I say 2 Corinthians 10? Yes, yes. Yes, look, it's on the slide even. I made a slide. Uh, This is going to make you laugh a little bit. Did you remember I found this card in my... I just read it just this second, so I didn't read it before service. So I was going to start with three, but I see it in one right here. Listen, for I need to address an issue. That's what Paul said. Now, do you remember what Paul was doing? He was an overseer of a bunch of churches. He didn't live in these cities. And he would tell them some instructions, and then he'd go up to the next city, and then he'd get some letters complaining about Josephine and Hosea because (laughs) they weren't getting along, and they were using those gifts that he gave them. This is us, if you didn't know. And they're using those gifts, and they're out there doing weird weird stuff with their gifts, and and we're like, do we want to do that? I don't know. Let's... I, you would go out on Friday night. Do we want that? Pam will call, call me and say, do we want to do that? I was like, let's think about it. I don't know if we want to do that or not. No, I don't think we want to do that. See, that's that's the same thing that's going on. Right. Right. Yes. 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 Yeah. So here he says, I need to address an issue. That's what I'm doing today. Yeah. I'm making this personal appeal to you by the gentleness and self-forgetfulness of Christ. I'm the one who is humble and timid when face-to-face with you, but bold and outspoken when safe and a distance away. So now I plead with you that when I come, don't force me to take a hard line with you, which, by the way, I'm willing to do, by daring to confront those who mistakenly, mistakenly believe that we are living by the standards of the world, not by the Spirit's wisdom and power. So listen, anything that we do that isn't Spirit-led is a standard of the world. I mean, there's not a middle ground. That's why everything has to be refined. Because if you are ever bold enough to do anything, and anyone finds out about it, it's going to get refined. That should be a given by now. That should be what you want, because otherwise we're going to be looking like a fool with our pants hanging down. Thinking we're carrying the Holy Spirit out. Listen, this is just the way of the kingdom, I'm telling you. God is refining everything. He's refining everything. And He's always pouring out new wine. And He's always doing new wineskins. So that means the old, we can't get stuck there. Everything we just did today in worship is old. Now, it's prophetic. So it goes out and performs 
something with it. That's what the prophetic does. Listen, let's just make the prophetic what it is. It's to be spoken in advance, and then it runs out ahead because that's where we saw it. But then we got to come back to normal life. So that word just went running out ahead, right? Okay, so just like this word that somebody wrote, I'm laying down timidity, that ran out ahead. This was clearly, this is a great example. And today it came into, so maybe the people that came up here, maybe that was the day it broke off. This was the day it was said. So, so our job as prophets, or whatever you want to call yourself, a human being, is to find the cards in the pocket and not throw it away like I almost did and be able to say, today is the day. So here's my scripture. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons. See, this is the interesting thing you have to remember about spiritual warfare. It is so connected to your identity. And everybody in this room does spiritual warfare different according to their identity. So don't do it just like me. See, I'm bride-like. I'm choleric. And so, but I'm bride-like. So I, I'm we- I look weird in me. I look weird to me where I want to be mad and confront something, but I'm not, I don't. I saw I have Pam and Lenny. I don't want to do that. Now, Pam and Lenny, Lenny's almost embracing you. Pam and Lenny, they have this tenacity to take it, to stick it to the devil. So their spiritual warfare is different than me. And see, as long as someone thinks that they're, they see something they want to be like somebody else is. Oh, I want to be like whoever. Cece's probably who everybody wants to be like. I don't know. but So I want to be like Cece. Well, but see, Cece has her struggles of her own. You don't know what it's like because she's contending for her destiny, for her calling, and she's not good at it yet. Now, y'all think she's awesome at it. But I know the real story. I know it's a struggle. I know that there's days she feels so far away from God and nothing's going good and she can't hear or see. She's blind, deaf, and dumb, and this isn't exciting. And why did he pick this way? Why is he doing this to me? And why doesn't he let me sleep? So we like the outcome. Are you moved by the outcome? Are you changed by the outcome? Well, it's a war to get that product out. And see, if we wake up and say, well, I thought just, you know, being used of God would be easy because, I mean, it's my destiny. Well, I propose, I propose, and I said last week, he has a pattern, and his pattern's easy. If Cece will simply say, the moment she has that feeling, if she says, Holy Spirit, what's on your mind? And she can see past how she feels. Because he's just using it as a road marker. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, stop over here. Speak with me because I got this thing. Right. I got another message. Well, see, that's not, we don't like that feeling of not knowing what it all means. And see, prophetic people don't know what it means. That's what you've really signed up for. You signed up for something that you have no idea what's going on. All the extroverts are going, oh, no, it's so great. And then introverts are like, what? Wait. That's what we signed up for. 
And so we have to understand that there's an enemy to you doing your thing. And he don't play fair. He sets up all kinds of roadblocks, right? Right. So we live in a natural realm, but we are not. These are all the W&R words that are hard for me to say. We don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons using manipulation to achieve our aims. So think about it for a minute. What's he really saying? He's saying that you're encountering something on the natural realm that you're manipulating your feelings or your words or your relationships or something to get out of that feeling, right? right. But he says, don't do that. Instead, there's spiritual weapons. And so he's trying to say, stop trying to manipulate the system with natural means. Go into your life expecting this thing to happen because this is where I have what? Authority. This is where I'm practicing how to wield my authority supernaturally, not naturally. You can chill them out. That's a natural way. Some of y'all are real good at chilling out and getting mad. It's not supernatural though. And that's manipulation. Because what are you doing when you're cheering them out? Mm-hmm. Backing them off. You're supposed to t- give them breakthrough. But see, what's in the way? Your agenda. You need something. Well, the Holy Spirit needs something. No. He's the boss. You work for him. He's the boss. You work for him. So he said that these supernatural spiritual weapons are energized with divine power. Where are the other ones energized with? We're so much better at the other ones. I'm just telling you, they're so energized. They're energized with natural power. So you see that they're energized with divine power to effectively dismantle, my favorite line, defenses behind which people hide. So there's the real goal of supernatural or- warfare. It's not even to back the enemy off. It will. But that's the real goal of supernatural warfare. That your identity, your destiny, can't be altered. Came with it. The things in your life that you encounter point to who you are. You just didn't like it. You wanted to be somebody else. You wanted to be bride-like. You want to be childlike and you're battle ready. Have you ever seen a battle ready person acting like they're childlike? It's weird. <laughs> it's where they're really frustrated because they want to have this power and authority and they feel like they should, but then they've been injured. And so they were taught, you know, Cece in the fight or flight model, she's not flight. She's fight. It goes toward her calling. God called her to stand up for who he really is and to speak for who he is. And so when she's speaking his words, she's empowered. You can see she's really powerful. Now, ahead of time, she's like, I don't know if this is going to be good. 
It's just that spiritual gift is meant to be activated. And when it's activated, it's anointed. And when it's anointed, it has the power to change. But see, if we walk around, we act clueless who we are. And we try to act like we're just these powerless victims of a past injury. Can you see that we will miss our, we'll miss our destiny the whole time? Right? So this is what, this is what he said. We can. Say we can. We can. No, say we can. We can. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes and breaks through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. So think about the things you encounter a lot, like I've been talking about. Are y'all with me? Yes. Are y'all scared right now? No. Okay, are you empowered right now? Yes. See, part of walking in supernatural spiritual warfare is knowing who you are. That's why we started today with I am. Yeah. Who the heck are you? Yeah. If you don't even know, the enemy doesn't have to do much. And so if you know who you are, then you know what you're going to encounter. Yes. Yes. If your soul's in charge, you encounter hard things, you're like, oh man, I just worked so hard today. No, wait, did you do your assignment today? Everybody worked hard today. That's not a thing. I got up and did stuff. Yeah, I'm tired because it's 10. But that's not the thing. What did I do in my assignment today? Watch what you're saying coming out of your mouth because you're creating more battles for yourself than God even intended. It has nothing to do with your identity. It has to do with your soul. So your soul's like, blah, 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 blah. What are we doing? We need this to happen. We need somebody to come demolish this deceptive fantasy we're living in. And see, when we come into the knowledge of who we are, we're required to learn how to do something with what we are. We don't get to not. And you're not good at it. That's why we're going out. So you can see how not good you are. So somebody can have something to refine. Right? How many have gotten any refining from Friday night? Sweet Jesus. The plan is working. We capture like prisoners of war, every thought. So try to take yourself out of the equation for a minute. What's going on in that little girl's mind in life where when these anointed hands begin to touch her face that are on fire, that she goes into a trance and manifests? What's going on in that little girl? She's crying out to be free. And that thing that's got, that is leached onto her has been, has been coddled and welcomed and doors have been flown open and she lives with it. But she is crying out. Does somebody have the anointed touch? This thing in me is trying to get off of me. Can we see it? And see, that's going to happen no matter where we go. Because you're anointed to bring breakthrough to every deceptive fantasy. You're anointed to take those thoughts. I'm going to teach y'all how to do it. Just be patient. Just setting the foundation, making y'all cry right now. Since it says we capture like prisoners every thought and insist that it bow. This shows you what kind of authority you have. You just get to insist that it bows. 
Now, we can't insist because it'll just make it more convenient for us. This is to bring freedom to people. Do you long like I do to bring freedom to people? Do you really more than yourself? More than thinking of yourself, how tired you are for working. Do you long to bring freedom for people? Do you long to let him stick you in, insert you in, where someone's going to manifest right in front of you? Do you long to see him free? I mean, that's really the question on the table. That's the only reason to do spiritual warfare, because it's not easy. It ain't nothing like natural stuff. There's nothing natural about it. So you can't use some natural formula. You can't just say, okay, well, let's just pray ahead of time. Just anoint the room. Let's get some people in here. No. You got to get before the throne. You got to find out what's going on with their lives, where the door is open. You got to be willing to drive their house and park outside their house and pray for them. You got to be willing to call up a bunch of people and say, hey, they're coming in today. I need somebody driving around this building while I am in here poking on their face. You just got to decide how serious you are about setting people free. Did you know it's my only reason to get up every day? I don't know if you understand it, but see, I am a surrendered life to you being free. To what? Bring freedom to other people. Not to just to sit around and eat bonbons freer. To get out there and do the stuff. To get out there and demonstrate what the Word says you are able to do. To get out there and say, I have this authority. I am. I am this girl that's going to take it to the devil. I am her. And see, if I don't connect the way I do that with my identity, I'll be doing somebody else's. And I'll be like, why does this thing not work? This spiritual warfare doesn't work. You know, the two things he showed me yesterday, I wanted to just tell you real quick. I, like I said, I did a bunch of study about all kinds of things, but these two things stood out to me. And this is by no means some exhaustive list. But in this house, it's really easy because Pam and I started this and I'm bride-like, and she's battle-ready. And we don't do stuff the same. Zip, zip, I can't even think of anything that we see. I mean, we wrestled around for the first 20 years of our relationship. I remember Pam, <laughs> Pam would just say to me, Well, we're not going to see eye-to-eye on this, and somebody's got to decide, so just go ahead and decide. But she wasn't happy about it. <laughs> she's got a different heart posture now. But it's easy for me to see these two entities, if you will, in a spiritual um, gifting way. So, you know, I'm not trying to make you believe who I am. I just know who I am. And it doesn't really matter if you believe me or not. You know, I operate from what I know he told me I am. And you're going to have to get to that same place. That would be a great gift to me personally if you could just figure that out and do it. But I'm going to do it whether you figure it out or not. But when you come into who you are, then all of the injuries of your life make sense. Because they all point to the devil trying to stop you from being you. Has anybody got to that point yet? Well, sweet Jesus, we've made a little progress, five of you. So in this arena of spiritual warfare there's two scriptures i want you to study out but let me just start with the first one it's for the battle ready people and you know i've got lots of scriptures but can i just quickly just give you a couple so we don't spend all day on me trying to prove to you what i'm trying to teach you today because there's proof how about that but it's proverbs 21 22 
Now, I love Proverbs 21. It's a great, I mean, think about this as the very first verse. It says, the king's heart is like a channel of water directed by the eternal, and he chooses which way it bends. So that that will show you whether or not you're being in your kingly spot or not. He's he's bending it. So that's a cool chapter, right? But down on 22, right? Y'all good? Yeah. Down on 22, it says this in the Passion. A warrior, a warrior filled with wisdom ascends into the high place. I promise you this isn't me. This is Pam. There, I ain't, I'm not going to be doing no ascend. I'm not wanting to go up there to that high place. I don't know its address. I don't care anything about it. But man, Pam, she's like, bite the head off a snake. I'm going up. <laughs> Listen to what you can do with wisdom. You can release regional breakthrough. I don't sound like no wimp to me. Get up there and bite some heads of snakes off. That means that nothing intimidates you. That ain't me. It's okay that it's not me. Don't be nervous. I'm not nervous about it. I got Pimmy. And releases who wants regional breakthrough. I mean, at the end of the day, it just depends on if you want to take your position. If you want to be in a position, then God's going to tell you stuff that needs breakthrough. And if you're going to act like it's you, and you're going to be on some pity party, then He can't use you. He's informing you of some grotesqueness. What does a warrior have on the top of a citadel? They have an arrow. I don't need to read you that scripture. But this is what it says, bringing down strongholds of the mighty. Now that's a great scripture, isn't it? So let's think about it for a minute. Whenever you're a warrior, you have to operate from wisdom. Because you'll be shooting all kinds of stuff up there with your little arrow. And you do. You're just shooting stuff, getting some meat, just shooting stuff. That's not wisdom. This tells us what? A battle-ready person has to operate in wisdom. That's why Pam called me yesterday and said, hey, do we want to do this? She's asking for wisdom. It's not that she doesn't know. It's not that she couldn't make a decision without me. It's not that she couldn't operate that whole, whole thing. And we never have a conversation. But what is she doing? She's establishing unity. She's establishing protection for me. She knows I need to know that it ain't some random rogue go crazy just because we're excited kind of thing. And so that's why everything has to come into some sort of order. And that's what he's saying. What is the order? The order is wisdom. What does the Bible say about wisdom? If you like it, Gotta work hard for it. It's gonna be forty-five years before you get any. I mean, you're just gonna have to go through all kinds of stuff. It's a really hard thing that the Bible talks about. Are you ready? Ask. Listen, you can't ask you. You're not the one. You're not the one. You're asking outside. That's why within this circle, it's not. That's not who we're asking. We're asking outside. 
We're asking the Holy Spirit, and then what the, does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit sticks us in a prophetic community where we're safe. This is what we do. We take our immature, sharp arrows <laughs> that are gilded with our own soul. And we're excited because we want regional breakthrough. That's all we can think about. Regional breakthrough. I know what I can do to get regional breakthrough. And we forget the wisdom part. We forget the collabing part. We forget that the wisdom part comes with is has to be housed. Why? Because everybody's not like you if you're battle ready. There's a whole bunch of people in the room that are not battle ready. And you think something's wrong with them. You're thinking, why don't you feel like I feel like? Why don't, why don't people act like me? Every battle ready person has thought that sometime in their life. They don't understand other people, other personalities, other spiritual giftings. How many battle-ready people have done that? Thank you very much. So see, when we do that, we're, we're standing in a place that's outside wisdom. See, that's why he requires us to not be independent for our gift to be used. Listen, we, you are going to meet a whole generation of people who are like, well, I don't need any community. I'm called of God. I can hear God. But there's no covering. There's no collaboration. And see, in the family of God are housed all kinds of spiritual gifts, all kinds of personalities, all kinds of injuries. And so we're operating. Think about what God said about these dynamic weapons. They are so powerful that they dismantle every defense that people hide behind. Think about how powerful they are. They are so powerful. So when... I encounter that person, their defenses are screaming. Why are they manifesting? Because everything they've hid behind just feels wrong side out. And they don't know what is happening or coming or going or, you know, it ain't no telling. I mean, would it be better if they were just spewing out, I don't know what I'm doing or why I'm saying this or why I'm freaking out, but just being around you makes me manifest. Would that be better? (laughs) that's all that's happening they've just encountered I am a daughter and I know who I am now you couple that with being a rescuer you got your battle ready people in here that are rescuers because that's all all they knew to do with this gift was just rescue a bunch of people because they needed to feel good about themselves then they do things that put things in harm's way because they're still meeting a soulish need. That's how powerful the gifts are. Now you put any of these combinations together. So let's talk about bright light people because that's easy for me to talk about. So you got that about the warrior people, right? So bright light people, that's, that's, it's easy for me to talk about because I know what I have to do to stay in a powerful place. See, that's the goal, right? I don't know if you know this, but see, battle-ready people can do stuff that makes themselves feel unsafe. It's not the same things. So remember, my spiritual warfare is based on how well I know my identity, right? How well I know my assignment. It's the same thing, right? My identity is I'm a daughter. My assignment is I do daughter stuff. Right now I have other assignments that are birthed out of that knowledge. Agreed. 
And see, the cool part is, is that God usually allows us to be invited into a situation that feels above our head. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Just think about that for a minute, moment. So how do I feel? I feel like I'm drowning. Yeah. I feel like it. Here's my favorite. Too much. What's he strengthening? That weak, weak muscle in you that he wants to flow through. So bride likes are different. Um, you remember in the Bible where um, God would send out the worshipers out in front. What a weird battle strategy. <laughs> it wasn't every battle. But what battles were they? Oh, see, the brides are going to have to go search out a man. I'm not, I was going to tell you, but I'm not going to tell you because I saw the eagerness that you wanted to be king. So go find that out. Why did he send the worshipers out in advance? What battles were those? What was going on in that? But these are good questions for you to ask. Look at them, typing, typing, typing. <laughs> so in my opinion, David's a good example of a bride-like. Um, but he was also king, you know, and I... You know, for me, you don't have to agree, but I'm David-like because I know how much I want to please him. How? <sighs> that I want to do it well and that he's the only thing that I want to please. And I know I, you know, I have zero people pleasing in me for this reason because I, I'm so consumed with the knowledge of that he wants to display himself through me. Yeah. You know, and I haven't always felt this way. So, you know, coming into that knowledge is really freeing. Yeah. And so David is that way. And so, you know, that's why I laugh about him all the time because, you know, one minute he'll be like, oh, you know, it's so horrible. I felt this way, you know, oh my gosh, is anybody going to get it ever? You know, and then the next minute he's like, hey, let's sing and praise. <laughs> Because why? It's it's the reaction to the despair. And you know, and I have that. I mean, like that I can I will not stay in despair long. Yeah. I've been in despair. I've been in despair the last three or four weeks over many things, but it, it doesn't last because I because my gut response to despair is running. And let me tell you how he does it. He said, There is only one. strong and safe and secure for me and it is God alone and I love him and he's the one who gives me strength and skill for battle in in the amplifies it says he's the one who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle now there's another time in Psalms that he talks about this but this particular time if you look up hands and fingers it's it's not about bending a bow and all that kind of stuff because this is what he said. Um, let me finish and I'll tell you. It says, he's my shelter of love and my fortress of faith. Who wraps himself around me as, secure, as a secure shield. And I hide myself in this one who subdues my enemies before me. Lord, what is it about me that you would even notice me? Why do you even bother with me? For I'm but a faint whisper, a mere breath. My days are nothing more than a passing shadow. So step down from heaven and come down, Lord, and make the mountains melt at your touch. 
lose your fiery lightning flashes and scatter your enemies. Remember, that's how he came down to the children of Israel, remember, and they got scared. But he's asking him, get on down here with some flashing and thundering and melting, right? This shows David's heart position towards what God can do. He says, overthrow them with your terrifying judgments. Reach down from your heavens and rescue me from this hell and deliver me from these dark powers. They speak nothing but lies. Their words are pure deceit. They say nothing that can ever be trusted. And then verse 9, I'm going to sing a new song. That's what I'm going to do right now. I just got all, I just poured it all out. Told you who you were, how you're going to operate in my life. And I love it because he said, I'll play the guitar. So that was what he taught him to do with his hands. He taught him to play the harp. And what what I love, he says, there's a harp inside my heart now. See, he taught me a skill. And I let him now play the harp in my heart. And that's that's the bride's battle-ready position. It's about declaring. If you know me very well, I say who he is a lot. I say he's going to come through a lot. I say who he is a lot because that's my position. And I watch him do while I'm worshiping what he wants to do. Now, I know everybody wants to do that. I know everybody wants to be like, okay, yeah, we'll just all be bride-likes. But the truth of it is it only attaches and works to my assignment. Now, do you need to learn to pray? Sure. Do you need to? Or yeah, you need it. But it's not the spiritual warfare position. Yes. Right. There's things we all need to do. Are you with me? There's things we all need to do as... Are we good? There's things... I may have to finish it later. There's there's things we all need to do just as Christians, right? right? But today I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about a place where if you will operate with your gift and with your assignment in true spiritual warfare, you will see things happen that you've never seen happen before. You know, the number one thing that you have to be aware of is what's coming out of your mouth. You know, you're inviting spiritual warfare by your complaining. If you're a complainer, which I know some of you are, and I could look at you right now, but you are inviting spiritual warfare into your home. Because complaining is the language of fear. Listen to me. If you're a complainer, You're inviting spiritual warfare into your house and complaining is the language of fear. So you're basically saying, fear, come and reside in my home and so all hell's going to break loose. You get sick a lot? That's why. The enemy is bringing sickness. Who do you you think God created COVID? COVID. All sickness is of the devil. I wish you heard that. So back to my original question. I'm going to have to finish this on Wednesday. So it's a question of permission or ability. Today, let me just tell you, you have permission by God. As part of your assignment. You know, if you went and got a new job today. And they said, okay, come to the building at 8. You open up the building at 8 o'clock. The rest of us are going to be here at 8.30. But you had no key. 
what would you have? You would have permission, but no ability. That's what's going on in spiritual warfare. (laughs) Papa said, come on, we're going to open this building at 8. But you never got the key. You never learned the key. You just keep trying to do the same activities in spiritual warfare when you didn't know nothing and you wanted to actually produce different things in your families and homes and businesses. And this just doesn't work that way. That's why I preached what I preached last week. God has a pattern. He has a standard. He's established a way. You're not going to get to do it some other way. You're not going to be a battle-ready person and be able to use bride-like strategies and it work. You're not going to be a bride-like person and operate in battle-ready strategies. It's not going to work because your assignment is also connected with how you strategize. So think about it just just really quickly. Um, I think I wrote these down in... uh, See, what was number eight? Um, there's four arenas of warfare in that scripture I just read you. And here they are. We are empowered by grace with the gospel to dismantle strongholds. What's a stronghold? I love I, this definition I got. Let me find it real quick. Strongholds are ungodly trust. I think I do have a slide for that, don't wow. I? Do you see that, Siwo? Wow. Why didn't I see it now? Did you get it? Yes, that's the definition. A spiritual, let me read it to you. Yeah, there they are. A spiritual stronghold is an habitual pattern of thought built into one's thought life. (laughs) Where did it get built in? So let's use Cece. That's where it got built in. Think about her as a six-year-old, and she's in this house. We're like, hey, you're picking up on something, so let's just pray and break it. It's over. Right. We don't have to make some big song and dance and get a sticker that says I'm a feeler or a toucher or whatever it is. You know, it doesn't really matter. Right. It's just like, okay, you picked up on something. You haven't, you're, it's not a great feeling. Let's go to the Holy Spirit right now. Let's pray. Let's break it. Let's declare whatever needs to be done. It's over because we have what? We have the power to do that. But see, what? Well, we don't know any of that. So I get a pattern of thought built in my mind. So her pattern of thought was, this is bad. You know, you're a feeler. And so all those things that you're feeling, we just need to figure out where they all get connected. Let's get all the little strings connected back to the right places and you'll live in peace. That, you know, when that gets introduced us, there's a whole way of life. Like we even trained everybody to treat us this way. Especially if you've been married for a while and you've come into this knowledge, you just trained your spouse to treat you this way. Right? Right? So all that's got to be unlearned by everybody. It says Satan and his minions, sorry, Satan and his minions want to capture the minds of people. The mind is the citadel of the soul. He who controls the mind controls a very strategic place. Just listen to what you're saying, and that will tell you what controls you. If you're a complainer, fear controls you. Right? If you're a griper, everything's... Makes you mad. Right? Same same thing if you're a pushover. What's the opposite of a griper? A wimp. Okay, I like the word wimp. If you're wimpy, if you're, you know, what was that word today? Timid. Yes. Those are all 
words of orphans saying, I don't know who I am. See, identify what you're saying to identify what you think. And then you can actually target it to change it, right? Because the word is a scalpel. So if I stick the word onto all, whatever that is in my soul that I, my complaining, I stick the word on it. He says, don't fear. He says, be grateful. Grateful is the one answer to complaining. Because why? It moves away what I don't have and brings close what I cannot see. So anyway, strongholds are ungodly trust and rebellious castles. So that's really what we're what we're trying to speak to, right? We're really trying to identify where the target of that rebellious or mistrust or untrust is. So if I have a bunch of untrust, listen, let me help you. God's not going to do anything else to fix trust in you. I know this is hard. I've been in a place of mistrust, so... Let me just shoot it to you straight. He's not going to do another plan. He's provided all. You have to choose to see it through his way. And if I don't know the word, I can't see it with the right lenses. So all I can look through is a pattern from someone that someone modeled. You or I can go down the road. I know you all modeled something in your childhood. And you're just, you're just... Carrying on to the next generation. You know, what Lynn did and what she continues to do is she breaks that curse off. How does she do it? By living her life different than what the people she knows still live their life that way. Because you got to break it. You got to break partnership with it and you got to break actions that go along with the partnership. You can't fake it. So if you're a wimp and you're just going along with it because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, you're actually going against what would be a strategic place that uh, God would use you. Are you with me on that? I don't know if you are. Okay, I have to finish. I have to stop. I mean, I'm not finished. Can I finish on Wednesday? Let me leave you with slide 19. We'll talk more about this on Wednesday. Are you dressed for war? Come on, Mendel. Wow, this is a really, really strategically timed word and topic that I know she's going to continue to teach on. Um, it's a it's a really serious matter, and I have a few thoughts from my time with him yesterday that I want to share and a word that he gave me. Um, but one of the first things that, well, first let me say this. Let's all put our hands on our head. One hand on your head, one hand on your heart. Let's do it that way. Yeah, now we're going to pat and rub at the same time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um no, um, say that um, I choose with my will to close any door to condemnation. I choose with my will to be open to hear a love-motivated message. Amen. Okay, so there was a, um, I had a, a, I have, I've just had kind of a mind-blowing week um, or so, you know, I don't know, the the time just gets all blurry. 
two weeks. It's probably two weeks. We can go with that. It's always a safe bet, right? Yes. So um, one of the things that um, that I want to speak on is this idea that, well, in that, that last slide, that he who controls the mind controls a very strategic place, that spiritual stronghold that she just mentioned, right? He who controls the mind controls a very strategic place. Well, the mind, you realize, is part of your soul, okay? And even said on the slide, the mind is the citadel of the soul. He who controls the mind controls a very strategic place. So that's a part of your soul. So, you know, we talked about this a couple of years ago about, you know, we're a three-part being. You've got a, a soul, a spirit, and a physical body. And the proper order for living your life is for your spirit to be in the lead, yeah. not your soul. Yeah. Most of us are have grown up learning how to live with our soul in the lead. And this mind-renewing process is quite literally about switching that to your spirit being in the lead. And right there is where most of us struggle, you know. And so we see, um, man, everything makes so much sense to me today. Even what we sang in worship, you know, Tisa called that uh, that first song we let out with was a, a warfare song. And it didn't sound like a warfare song on at first to me because it's not this high beaten tempo, drum pounding, declaring thing, right? But it was... It's a, it's a totally, it's what she taught on here about a position, a, a positioning. And so um, I had this, this vision come to my mind, this, this picture come to my mind in my time with him yesterday. I thought about the refrigerator at my house. Now, the refrigerator at my house has water in it. You know, you can get cold water, but it is a slow and a very small, tiny little stream of water. So I take my big One Life tumbler over there all the time, and I just stand there thinking about what else can I do? What can I reach with my other toe so I can do something else besides just stand here because it takes forever to fill up my cup, right? It's, it feels so slow. These are first world problems, you know, right? I'm not having to like hike hours to a well, so I should be grateful. That's not what we're talking about right now. It's a picture. We're talking about I'm not, I want to be complaining. No, I'm grateful for that cold water that's so clean and filtered. It's delicious. That's not what I'm talking about. It paints a picture, though. We, the Holy Spirit was telling me that we are positioned like that. He speaks to us through our spirit, okay? He touches our soul, and he wants to talk to our soul, but he speaks through our spirit. It's a spirit-to-spirit connection. So if your spirit is not in the lead and your soul is in the lead, you're not going to be getting very much of a drip down from him because he needs to speak to your soul through your spirit. And so the, the amount that you're able to receive from him to, to hear wisdom, truth, love, encouragement, compassion, healing, all of that, it comes through the place that your spirit is in the lead. So the measurement of how much you've practiced and, and trained yourself to choose for your spirit to be in the lead, that's the measurement that you're hearing him and that you're able to receive from him to do everything that she talked about today. So the picture I was seeing is that a lot of us are just like, all we've got is that tiny little slow stream, like my refrigerator. Okay, it's, a, it's nice, it's cold, it's refreshing, it's delicious and all of that, and it will hydrate you. But it's a slow, thin stream. 
because our souls are still so competitive with our spirit for being in the lead. And so I had a personal experience where I know this is, this is what happens for a lot of us is that we'll be going along, doing our purpose, you know, living life, feeling great. And then we have an opportunity to, to do our purpose in a new way in an area that maybe he's strengthening, but there are, for me, it's a lot of feelings or could be thoughts or, you know, judgment or whatever it is that comes in. And the intensity of that moment puts pressure on me on that decision. Is my soul going to be in charge right now or my spirit? And so what happens for me is that I bumped up against a stronghold in my mind, the citadel, okay, of what do I do? How do I respond to a fear? Now, it, where I'm at in my walk, this particular one just keeps coming up and I haven't completely overcome it yet. And so it'll keep coming up and challenging me. And in that moment, I chose to put my soul in the lead instead of my spirit. And so I battled, not in the way in keeping with my identity, but in the way I learned as a kid how to battle. So I just shifted right over into my soul because I'm like, I know how to do this one. I know how to use this tool. I've done it for over 40 years. I know how to do that one really well. And it's my go-to. But it shouldn't be my go-to. I need, and that's the moment where we're in spiritual warfare. We have got to be able to choose to put our spirit in the lead because that's where everything happens. We, that we've got to be able to choose that. It Everything hinges on it. Or we'll just keep doing the other thing. Because that's he who controls the mind, controls a very strategic place. If your soul is in control of your mind, it's going to use a soulish strategy to battle. But if you want to do true spiritual warfare, your spirit is going to have to be the one in control of your mind, yeah. not your soul. Yeah. Thank you, Tisa. Thank you. So I had um, in my, just to share a little bit more in my experience, you know, I eventually got there, you know, after wrestling around and going through way more pain than I needed to, stress and stressing out other people too, I eventually got there. Okay, so then of course I get um, connected to that stream of water and, I, and it all makes sense all of a sudden, you know? And so in after that process, um, I found, I don't know if you guys have heard this new song by, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, Brooke Ligertwood, something like that. Okay, Ligertwood, something like that. Anyway, she sings with Hillsong. Um, that's where I first heard about her. Anyway, so she has a new song out that, called Nineveh. And I'd listened to it a few times here and there, but the Holy Spirit told me to go back and listen to it more closely. And so I went back and I looked at the lyrics and I sort of saw my experience in it where I said, I want to, I want to be a voice for you. But then he stirred up a storm because he had something to say in that storm. And I chose to run away. I chose with my soul to run away to the tools I knew of the past to, to deal with this battle. And so I, res I ran away. I rebelled. That's rebelling against. And it's the very thing I said I wanted to do for him. And I rebelled against it. And then I missed the moment. And I was really grieved by that um, in realizing that I had done that. And I love there's a line in the song that says, Holy Spirit basically helped me see 
is there any Nineveh in me? Because it talks about lay down, I think it's your violence, and you know you can choose um, compassion or calamity. So in the story of Jonah, and he goes to Nineveh, and he, the people of Nineveh need to be hear this word, right? And, and so there's violence, there's idol worship and all that. And I saw myself there because that's an idol for me. To go back to that soulish way of handling a battle is an idol. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a gift from God. It's not a tool from God. It's something I created on my own out of man's wisdom and experience. It's an idol. We talked about it at the word of, in the word of the year, remember, where we created an idol that can't speak. It's no different than a little wooden figure if I set it up here. And so I was grieved because I, I realized I had done that and I had chosen this violent way of acting, not literally, but I'm just saying this way of violence instead of, of, of the soulish battle. A soulish battle is going to be way more violent than this way of the spirit. Okay. So, um, so I just found myself there and I thought about that, that moment of when I enter, encounter that. Cause it happens, you know, repeatedly where I have this bat, this thing comes on me and I've got to, I shift because there's so much pressure in that moment. I'm either going to go with the spirit. Or I'm going to go with my, what my soul knows, knows. And so I found over the course of the next several days, I I've was just ingesting a lot of information from him, getting exposed to a lot of things from him, hearing his heart on a lot of things, seeing things happen in the world. And I feel like he equipped me with a new tool to help give me a little bit more momentum in that moment of choosing. And so I want to read you this word that I wrote based on that and and then I may explain it a little bit more. But I said, holy one, holy one, my words fall short in bringing you the glory you deserve. To speak or stay silent, I wonder in this moment which is more appropriate, which is more fitting when entertaining your majesty. Your greatness overwhelms me. Your vast expanse, your majestic stand over all time over all space, the grandness of your every plan. Your hand stretches out over all time and space, and yet you come every time to invade mine. This small plot of time, this infinitely small speck of existence in your majestic plan, you call delightful. You speak with words of love and comfort to lead and guide in this small life of mine. You pour yourself out, showing me things that could so easily seem inconsequential to your grand overarching plan. What mercy, what love is this that would come to inhabit man? Of all your design, of all your rulership over space and time, that you would choose to come like a dove and land in this heart of mine. Bringing your peace, your beauty, your majesty to reside in this one heart of mine. A simple existence that you have chosen to make majestic. What love is this? Who else but you could design a plan like this? I know you're building, you're building 
your kingdom in me. I'm humbled and I'm grateful, but how could this be? How could you find me so deserving? Now, I'm not overcome with guilt or shame, although I have plenty of reason to be. I'm not overcome with feelings of unworthiness. Your love has that astounding effect on me. No, today I feel something different, a reverence in the presence of an overcoming awareness of my smallness. I'm undone by your vastness, your infinite existence, your omnipotence. I'm overcome with reverence and I welcome it. In fact, I cry out now for this reverence to take up permanent residence in me. Come and plant yourself firmly in my heart, in my mind, in this waxing and waning soul of mine. Reverence, be my lead. Be the triumphant procession ever before me. Shout your presence in me at every turn with every stirring seed growing now in me. The kingdom of God is advancing. I now see it's advancing in me. I must, I must live every moment with this reverence in me. Your holiness must be the loudest sound heard shouting in me. Over every fear, over every doubt, over every worry, over every wondering moment when I can't seem to see, reverence be the loudest voice in me. I'm no longer content to live on breadcrumbs left for me. When you have planted kingdom seeds of divinity in me, I'm no longer content to live only on the high of momentary exposure to the supernatural life. No, no, you have a plan and a purpose in me. You've hidden your very kingdom in me. You've called me your garden and filled me with seeds, seeds that hold the keys to your kingdom advancing. For such a time as this, you've hidden your heart, your home, blueprints of your kingdom throne. Let them be known. Let them be known. Let them be seen in me by all the world around me. Your kingdom is advancing. It's advancing in me to advance through me. Your gift to me was far more than peace. Your gift to me was far more than a spectator's seat. Your gift to me is the ever-expanding, ever-advancing kingdom of God in me. Now, the Holy Spirit's been talking to me about this, about the kingdom of God advancing in me and advancing in us. It first came when I was praying for Benny, and I was like, no, the kingdom of God is advancing in her. She's not deteriorating in health. The kingdom of God is advancing in her. Her inheritance of Jesus is advancing in her. It's manifesting in her. It's growing in her. It's coming to life. It's getting stronger. It's getting more vibrant. It's getting more active. She's going to be more effective than she's already been. There's an advancing of the kingdom in Benny Johnson. Okay. And I realized that's true for all of us. We aren't just, we aren't just given this, this mercy and this love 
from him so that we can just feel better about ourselves. And I know you've heard that said in this house before, but it's growing, it's rising up in an awareness in me that we have a, it's, it's more than a responsibility. This is where my words just fall short. We, the very kingdom of God, the one we love, has a house he wants to build. It's his home. He has a, a long-term dream of a home, his home being established on this earth where he can live with all of his children present every day. He has a dream and he's trusted us with that dream. He, just, he could have done it any other way, but he actually planted seeds and blueprints and foundations for his kingdom. Building blocks of his kingdom on earth are inside of us. And so we aren't just learning how to do spiritual warfare for the sake of coming out better, a little faster, but the, the, the world depends on it. His kingdom depends on it. I mean, I could just see with this incredible vision this past week that all that's going on in the world, all that's going on in the United States, in, the, in Ukraine, in, in, in every part of the world right now, and what's going on in the school system, in the political system, in our own families, and you know, just everywhere, all of it is connected to God's overarching plan to establish his home, to establish his house, and we've got to be about our father's business. And so our maturing, our maturing in this process of how to do spiritual warfare and keeping with our identity is about way more than us. And there, there I've, I know we've all felt a lot of motivation. I think there's different kinds of, of drivers for us. And one of the things I'm, I'm realizing, there's been those, I've had a lot of those drivers where I was so overcome by his mercy that he would be so kind to clean me, to heal me, to set me back up on solid ground. That's a motivation where you're like, because of what you gave to me, I want to give my all to you. And that's good and that's great. And we need to have that kind of position of, from gratefulness, right? But we also need to have this motivation where we just see how big he is, where we have a reverence for him, where we see that he is about so much more than just this one tiny way we are experiencing life. There needs to be a reverence for him where we say, when I hear you speak or I see something happening, I will prioritize your voice above every other thing. No matter what my soul has experienced in the past 40 years, that is an infinite existence in his plan. He's been speaking longer and louder and saying a lot more than my soul has, has had to say in 40 years. And so we've got to have this momentum of reverence for him where we, it's like when somebody speaks and you snap to attention and we've got to, we've got to develop that in ourselves. And I even, I heard the Holy Spirit say, if you don't connect with this, of this reverence for him, then ask him, just say, ask me for a new level of reverence. Just ask him. He will give it to you. He will give you encounters and that change your soul that will plant seeds in you and give you even more momentum. So when you face that moment where your soul wants to choose for you, you will say, no, my spirit is going to be in charge in this moment and I will not stand for anything less. I can't have one more day go by when I do anything less than being connected in my spirit and let him speak to me out of pure reverence for who he is. I mean, think about every story in the Bible. We are all just living. If, uh, this is a mind-blowing concept, okay? But I heard Robin Bullock say a while ago that the three, the, the Bible has 
three, uh, one main story, and it cycles through three times throughout all of Scripture. Now, I can't tell you how it does that, but he could. But uh, you can see this. All, every story in the Bible was to speak to our life because we are living in a version of the story. I mean, he looked to the great at the great lengths he went to for us to get it, for us to put it into practice, to actually be doers of the word and not just hearers. So I just pray that this stirs up a reverence for you that we, you, when you look out at the world and you say, Lord, advance your kingdom. We need you on this earth. It's in you. It's in you. Take ownership. Take responsibility. Let the weightiness of what you see in the world drive you to be the person he needs you to be. Drive you to decide the right thing in the right moment and submit to his truth so that you can hear it because you will respond. You will respond if you're equipped with reverence and you're positioned in your spirit to hear from him. You can respond with ease to what he tells you. It's that positioning. And so we've taught about it a lot in this house, but you can practice putting your soul into submission under your spirit when the easiest little things in life. And it would be great if you practiced on the little things. So when you face the intense moments, you're equipped, you're ready. And you've been working out. So practice that. Even if it's just pick up that piece of paper off the floor. Submit your soul to your spirit as often as you can to exercise that choice. So, Papa, we just say thank you today for this word. We thank you for this message. We thank you for what you're pouring out in the world right now. There is such momentum that your kingdom is advancing. There are border battles going on because you are on the move, not because the enemy is advancing, but because you were on the move. And so we see today that we were born for such a time as this, that we have a role to play at such a time as this, and that we will partner with you, not as spectators as your kingdom advances, but actually building blocks for your kingdom advancing. So we say the kingdom of God is advancing in me, and I will see myself with a new level of importance and weightiness and responsibility. So we thank you, Papa. We thank you for your grand design that you would have such great mercy and love and kindness and compassion for us that you would choose to plant your kingdom in us and our hearts. You would choose to make us a garden, a son and a daughter with an inheritance of your kingdom. So we just say thank you. You must love us a whole lot to have chosen such a thing. You must love us a whole lot. So I just ask for new levels of revelation of your love that empowers and motivates and fuels everything that you've done and everything that we should be doing. New levels of revelation released into people's hearts of your love. And I ask that reverence rise up. I ask that you would give people dreams and visions, personal encounters, that they would see stories, they would read your word in a new way. And that new levels of reverence would rise up in us as momentum to go along with this momentous season of your kingdom advancing. So we say amen to your yes. We say amen to all that you already planned for us. We say amen to every seed that you have planted in us and you want to grow in us. And we say, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. We want to know you more. In Jesus' name, mighty, mighty name, amen.
thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com. Okay